Hello, everyone. It is the day you all wait for, so it must be a Monday, because it's your hosts, Johnny and Scott, here for Bears of a Certain Age, and we have a fun show for you tonight. So, you know how I love a good multi-hyphenate creative person, and that's exactly what we have here today. Uh, he does not disappoint. Joshua R. Pangborn, you are an award-winning actor, writer, producer, uh, what don't you do? Uh, all of the things, you wear so many hats, and you also have a production company called Sidekick Pro Productions, and you are fat positive, sex positive, uh, all of the positives um, that we have, which is what I excited for me. And so again, we said Sidekick Productions. So without further ado, he has made a very, very sad choice to be with us here today. <laughs> so, Joshua R. Pangborn, welcome. Well, I do like depressing things, so that's wonderful. I'm so happy to be here. So, <laughs> all right, we're so excited to have you. I sprained my little scrolling finger going through all of his accomplishments. It hurts. All of them, like you. I do. You do multiple projects at one time. I do. Um, I, I get I get told by people in my production company that you're doing too much. Stop it. You can only do one thing at a time. And I'm like, no, I can't. I can't do one thing at a time. I must do more. Because like I don't know how that works. I, I don't know how to stop. Um, in in uh, Skeleton Crew, our, our our first show that we did, um, there's a there's a scene that I always quote uh, in season two where I'm where my character is talking to his husband, and he's like, if you don't want to be on this crazy train, you can get off. And, and that's that's sort of what that's what Psychic Productions is. It's a crazy train that we're just riding to uh, whatever destination I get us to. So I love it. So I wanted to ask first. I want a little origin story, if you will. Of uh, because you do so much stuff, like it's amazing. I can just watch your anybody can binge you for probably a good three weeks. There's just so much there. What started it all for you? Where where'd the passion come from? Back in 1983, when I was born, no, um, <laughs> um <laughs> but uh, um, I uh, I started um, I, we started as a theater company, really. Uh, that's what we were, um, because I I went to school for theater. My, my my undergrad was I was an English and theater double major and a psychology and history double minor, and so I graduated and I was like, well, I really would like to be in the theater and do theater, um, but I never thought I could act because my my college professors uh, sort of in, implied that I wouldn't have a career in the in, as a performer, so I'm like, well. Um, I guess I'm going to do what else I love, which is write and, and produce. So uh, we, uh, I started um, a theater company right out of college called the Living Room Theater Company. And that was around for a couple of years. Uh, and we produced a couple of my shows. And that sort of 
fizzled um sort of when the person i was dating uh also fizzled um so <laughs> as these things do um so then we moved on i moved on uh and i got back into it eventually in about 2010 and I thought, well, if I'm going to do a theater company again, I need to do something more than just create a theater company to make my own work, which, hey, that's that's good. You that's they always tell you if you're not getting work or you're not seeing the work you want you make your own. That's what you should do. But uh, I wanted to do something a little bit more. I wanted to have sort of a not a theme for the company, but a reason for the company. And so uh, I thought, well, you know, I really love uh, sidekicks and characters who are traditionally considered um, non, not the main character, really. Uh, yeah. So I thought, well, let's call it Sidekick Productions, and we'll focus on characters who typically are not in the mainstream, which are queer and fat characters. And Love. that is where Sidekick Productions was born. So we started as uh, originally we were what I, I went with what was what I was calling size blind casting, which was uh, because you had colorblind casting yep. where where um, and anybody's ethnicity was not taken into account when casting. So I thought let's do the same with size blind um, size casting. And so if I do Romeo and Juliet and Romeo, the best person who auditions is uh, is not um, a typical looking Romeo, and then we'll. There we go. Uh, but I, I evolved um, sort of around the time that I evolved into uh, uh, film and television. I evolved into uh, fat positivity and because I, I realized it wasn't just so much like size blind or body positivity I wanted to do. I wanted to really focus on characters who looked like me that I didn't see um, in, in, in television and film. And uh, that's where um, that's where sort of we got to. Uh, uh, Sidekick Productions becoming a film and t a television a film and television company. So nice. I have to say, it's fun to watch. Even though I will say, in the indie world, we can tend to find us more than we than we still can't really a lot uh, in the mainstream. Like we're always that side character you mentioned. But even now, I, this jaded forty-something-year-old man sitting here, I have to say. It did something for me. I like because I binged one of your shows, uh, The Demon Doctor, and I can't tell you what it did for me to see. Like these are real men. These are men I see out every day. These are men, you know, I flirt with all the time. And there they are, and not just one. It's not just a token part. Do you find it challenging that the mainstream is not following this amazing philosophy in casting? Um, it. Well, it certainly makes it harder for me to get parts um, outside of the work that I do. Um, it's uh, because I, I find it frustrating because I get called in for roles uh, and uh, then I open my mouth and I don't sound like what they expected me to. Because uh, I get called in for like trucker or um, delivery man and, and right. they, those are great parts and I can do a great character right. who's a trucker but it's not the trucker they had in mind so therefore exactly. um, it's a bit uncomfortable and awkward and like well you're just a way bit gayer than we thought you'd be and you don't fit the gay roles we have for you so I don't know what to do with you so goodbye um, right. No, and that's not true I mean I've gotten some really great parts outside of, outside of um, uh, psychic productions but it is frustrating I think I think that um, 
Hollywood likes to pat itself on its on the back when uh, when they do something that they consider to be a positive. Uh, they're like, oh, look at us. We made a movie with a diverse cast or uh, we have a queer role in this movie. Um, yep. But it's a queer role or it's a yes. cast with uh, it's one movie that's diverse uh, um, or it's it's one. I don't even know if there's one movie that really has a, a fat character in it that's like a main character that I, I right. mean they have the money obviously I mean you get movies right. with McCarthy in it now and she's she's a star but but she's really there's nothing there's nothing about her that's not comical uh, and and there's nothing wrong with being funny I love being funny um, but right. there's not like if you think about Mike and Molly her TV series. Uh, Great. They were they it was a couple for a couple. I mean, it was a year a years long series, really fantastic. Yeah. And there was about about a central couple who was fat, but they never ever had any sort of um, physical relationship. Uh, you never saw them in bed except on top of the bed on on top of the right. cover, and they were yeah. lying side by side, almost like Lucy and Desi back in the fifties. You never saw you never saw them sans clothing at all, like even remotely. You saw other characters in the show um, half dressed. Oh, never saw them. Um, same thing goes with uh, Mitchell and Cam from Modern Family. Again, um, the other two couples in the in the in the show, super sexual couples. Mitchell and Cam, they were basically eunuchs. And again, there's nothing yeah. wrong with the, if they were asexual characters. That's that's one thing. But these right. were not sure. sexual characters. These were characters who are um, gay who just don't happen to have a sexuality. Uh, well, and what what a I just kept thinking be, when I before I realized they weren't going to do anything with it. It was all it would have been awesome to see this skinny guy with this big guy because that's reality. Absolutely. And I was so excited. But you're right. They made them uh, comic book characters. You and know. they never kissed. The first time they kissed was in the background, um, where the, the in the foreground was another moment going on, and, and their their kiss was was barely visible at all. And, and yep. again, we don't need full on queer as folk sex for these characters. Which hey, that'd be great too if they had that. <laughs> but um, but they they there there should just be something more there, and the, the representation is just not there. Um, yep. And in the movies, it's not there either. And it is very frustrating. It's it's something that I would like to see change. But until that happens, um, I guess I'll do it. So. Well, I think exactly. the conversation has to change too. Johnny and I each talk to a lot of different people in, in these topics about positivity in different areas. I had a really unique conversation the other day with um, Kurt Yeager, who's an actor who's an amputee below the leg. Mm -hmm. And he says the conversation needs to switch. And it was a great way to think of it. The conversation used to be or seems to be what gay person can, we need this gay role what gay person we get the role should the conversation now needs to be i need a secretary doesn't matter if they're handicapped doesn't matter if they're gay doesn't matter if they're fat i just need a secretary you don't need to cast the gay role anymore you don't have to make the disability quota so to speak yeah. you just find the best person for that job right? I, I had a meeting with someone last trying to fill quotas instead of just getting good actors yeah in there. i had i had a meeting with somebody last fall who was telling me well why are the characters fat what's why what does it what does it enhance for them to be fat in this in this in this okay. show and i'm like it it doesn't matter it's just because they're real characters like they yeah. want to see themselves on screen i want to they want to be represented and 
Sometimes we're just bad. That's just, you know? <laughs> a lot of times we are. <laughs> In my world, everyone I hang out with is pretty much fat. So Right. And like, they don't have to have a backstory when they walk in. They just are. Yeah. That's what I love about Peter Dinklage. Um, Peter Dinklage oh, picks yeah. uh, roles that are not right. only specifically for um, people um, of his height and everything. Yes. He just picks roles, and they they adapt the story. Uh, they they don't adapt the story or anything. They just treat treat him as quote unquote um, average height. Uh, and and right. that's it's just it's it's what I think is really smart about what he does is that he he doesn't go just for roles that would be in the past, something that like Warwick, Warwick Davis would have done or something like. Right, uh, right. Well, and I, I really think- have to congratulate you for creating your own things because I think oh, yeah. that's what needs to be done. I mean, I started this around 2015 doing the podcast and talking to people, and that's when everybody had to create a web series because nobody was getting work, right? So you started, to, you had to start creating something to be in it. But and that was just to get the work. But you're doing it for entire uh, cultures, for entire groups. I think that's so important, not only to tell stories, but to tell people, which it seems you're, you're kind of doing a little bit of both. So I love that. So good on you for all Thank of you. that. Yeah. Well, and it's fascinating. So you mentioned earlier that you had uh, there was a minor in psychology. Is that what you said? Yes. Originally, I was going to be a psych major, and uh, oh, yeah. I realized after realizing I couldn't necessarily deal with people with psychological issues, uh, that this was not the right field for me. Uh, and also I wasn't passionate about it, so. Well, and yet you created Skeleton Crew, which I feel like you're putting that degree to work because it's so good, but they are, everybody's got some issues. You know. For sure. Um, uh, in, in Skeleton Crew, everyone, um, that, I think you can't be a character in that show without issues. So uh, that, that's, that's pretty much how, how I create everybody in there. There's nobody bland in it. So, Well, it's had five seasons. Is that right? Yeah, we're, we, we finished the fifth season um, during the pandemic. It came out slightly after uh, the quarantine phase of the pandemic. Uh, and uh, now... Uh, we have a spinoff in the works for Skeleton Crew, and then I'm going to eventually we'll have season six along the way. It's just got to find the time for it, really. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know how you have the time for much of anything, but yeah. it's a great show. So well written, but I can totally see where you get to put that degree to work and it just comes out of it. I mean, five seasons, nothing to sneeze at either. I mean, you do all these projects and then here you are. Out of all of your shows, which was the first? Uh, the first show was Skeleton Crew. Nice, nice. Skeleton Crew was our flagship series. Uh, I never expected. I, I was going to be really excited if like a hundred people watched it because in, when you do when you do theater in in uh, in, in New York City, um, nobody comes because, uh, because it's it's theater in New York City and everybody has yeah. a show the same night as you so um, and all your friends are in shows the same night as you're putting a show on so exactly. um, so I was like well like 30 people saw my shows let's let's see maybe I can get a hundred and to watch the show because they can watch it anytime they want to now and then then the first episode we got like 2,000 views in a month and I was I was oh like my oh god. my god this is incredible so and now yeah. Now we're up to 10,000 subscribers on YouTube, and uh, um, some of our episodes have uh, over 100, 200 and 200,000 views. So, 
Wow. What do you find is your typical viewer? Do you kind of get some demographics or from fan mail or from different things like that? Who do you see tuning in? Um, a little bit of everybody, I think. Um, I, I mean, according to according to YouTube analytics, uh, our viewers are traditionally male or male identifying. Uh, and but then age wise, they're all over the place. Uh, I, I think that um. I think there are there are certainly people who watch it because because uh, I, I went with the queer folk model, which is you put a lot of the sexy stuff in the beginning and you grab them and then you uh, then then they stick around for the story. Um, and there are people who came for the sexy stuff and then they stuck around for the story. And I've gotten a lot of people who've written to me talking about how much it means for them to see themselves on screen um how they discovered their that they loved um big guys because of that that they um they met their boyfriend because of the show or uh it's it's been really beautiful there are there are people who certainly watch it just because of the sexy stuff and i i I mean that's gonna happen with any show or movie or anywhere i mean uh that's that's why certain people get cast all the time in hollywood because of that right uh that's kind of the reason i asked too is because i was you said something earlier. You said I usually hang out with other uh, with other bigger people like I do, and I think it's very interesting. Uh, we talked about being in classes and different things. The reverse is true for us too. I mean, I'm a chubby guy that I'm a dodgeball fiend. I will dodgeball the heck out of someone, and so you kind of find yourself in those sporty cliques and other things. And you got to think we have to sometimes put ourselves out there and other things and not mm. consider ourselves just one way right that's why i think i love getting different different demographics loving your show because it's just a fantastic funny and flirty and sexy show yeah it's a re- also a really um one of the things that people have loved about it is is and drawn them in is that it's a really great um lesson in watching somebody evolve as a filmmaker because season mm-hmm. one we have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> I literally <laughs> had, I was like, I just want to make a show. Um, I had no, I've never been to film school. I've never done any of that stuff. So we just, we, we got a camera, we got a, we got a, we got a, a audio recorder and we just made a show. And I didn't just make like a show. I made 12, 30 minute episodes, which is, which is insane. When, when anybody makes a, a web series, they're like five, 10 minute episodes. I, I did a full season of television. So yeah, that's how my brain works. Uh, and then season two, we discovered lights, and that was exciting. Uh, <laughs> we learned about lighting, and that was fun. Uh, and then season three and four and five, we start to bring in more pieces of equipment. We start to to realize and experiment with camera angles more. Uh, we try crazier and, and uh, more extreme transitions and editing and all. Uh, so it's been it's been really it's a really fun primer in watching somebody develop as a filmmaker um, and have a good time with it. So it's I love that you, we discovered lights in the use. That's how I work. I discover as we go. Um, it really is. Things, right? One of the things that I love also is your casting. So I, I have a two-part because I have to mention that Nakia playing the succubus in Demon Doctor is, first of all, he's brilliant. I've never mm-hmm. seen him act. And brilliant. And also, he brings the sexy time with you. Nakia is, is a delight. Um, I, I, Nakia is... 
Nikia discovered uh, Skeleton Crew, and he said, "I really like the show." I remember because he commented on it. And he's like, I, uh, on on uh, Facebook, he commented and said, "I I really like this show, but the music is terrible." Uh, and I'm like, "Well, I'm sorry. I don't know what I'm doing." <laughs> Because so, I'm just doing, um, I'm doing a uh, uh, Creative Commons music, and I'm like, well, this could go here and this could go there. Right. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Come and help me then. Right. And he's like, okay, I will. So, uh, so he he did. He came on, and and I'm I said, well, we're moving into Demon Doctor, which is my uh, new show that we're gonna make. Uh, I'd love to have you be in it. And he auditioned, and uh, he he was great he pulled he pulled out this accent from brooklyn that i've like i'm like you're from texas so good. Right what are you doing with this brooklyn <laughs> thing going on but he was so great and then uh I'm, uh, yeah i love working with nikia and then of course nikia made the musical episode of skeleton crew with me too and that was, yeah. was a huge uh huge endeavor that uh we did together so i i can't yeah nikia nikia has drastically altered what we've done and 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 he's brought so much to it he's such a good performer and such that first season such an amazing just so much fun but so are some the people that you cast in this they, they're so perfect for what they bring to the show are they part of your like theater crew from the theater days it just seems like there's a connection there sure i, I mean it depends on the person some of them are yeah. some of them are not some of them are people that i found along the way uh um season one of skeleton crew uh, are a lot of people that I were I knew from either friendships or from uh, from uh, my theater's company. Um, the main cast, um, uh, Veronica and um, Gina and uh, Aaron, uh, were all in plays with me and everything. Uh, then uh, Stuart was also in a play with me, uh, Stuart Kicek, who plays uh, Father Anglicus. He was primarily behind the scenes for season one because he's the only one that I knew that had any film experience because he worked with Troma Studios. So yeah. he, uh, he did that, and I brought him on and said, hey, can you help uh, by filming us? Uh, but we also auditioned some folk. We, we, we did some auditions. Uh, we brought them on. But a lot of the people in season one especially were friends and, and uh, found family, basically. Uh, and then uh, season two... Uh, season three, season four, season five, I started to audition more and more. Although we did get some people who said, hey, I would love to be in this show. And I said, let's find a way to put you in there. Um, Gerard, is a Christian Marte, uh, from season two onward, he was he's uh, he was a friend of of uh, Chaz, Andrew Carter. And uh, we brought him on and because and, he wanted to be in the show. And it was fantastic. Uh, uh, Horatio, well, who is one of the most hated characters on the show, but also most loved because of that, uh, um, he was a friend of Stewart's, and we brought him on. Uh, and wow. it's it's been it's 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 just been a really great finding the right people for the right roles. And then when I made Demon Doctor, some of the roles I knew I wanted, and I wrote them for them. And then some of the roles I had no idea, and I I auditioned. But a lot of the time it was auditioning people who were in Skeleton Crew because I am very much of a rep repertory kind of person. I like to work with the same people because. I know what I'm getting into, and also I just love working with them because that's yeah. me. So. Right. How do you balance all the different hats that you have to wear? I mean, you ha you're so prolific and you have so much content coming out. How do you juggle being the editor, the writer, the director, the actor? The well, are you are you able to? Share some of the responses, like you said, you had that one guy come in and help with sound. Are you finding yourself 
easier to share the responsibilities? Are you kind of a control freak like I am, or how does that work? Uh, I am definitely a control freak. I will absolutely <laughs> uh, say that. Uh, I have learned in some aspects to start asking people for help. Uh, I don't, uh, I'm still not very good at it, but uh, like with some of our more recent projects, I have uh, I have other people doing color grading for the, for the movies than, and not me, because that's an area that I know I'm not as strong in. So rather than continue to do it, uh, I, I'd rather put out a better product that's got other people doing it. Um, you're not um, allowed just to throw a filter on talking about Loom as we go. That's, that's, that's <laughs> you have to color correct? It. Wait a second. Stop that. You're talking nonsense. It, well, I, I, I still watch all these YouTube videos, and I'm like, I'm still like, I don't get it. It's not working for me. Why? It's, uh, ah. So um, I, 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 I sacrifice a lot, actually. Um, uh, and not to be dramatic or anything. Uh, I sacrifice so much for the... No. Um, <laughs> I, I sacrifice a lot of uh, free time, basically. Um, where a lot of other people will chill after work. Uh, I spend another six hours doing something, um, um, editing or writing or, or scheduling and organizing. Um, I, I, uh, if I've, uh, friends are like, oh, we're having a Super Bowl party. And it, well, first of all, like, I don't care about football anyway, but I mean, if Johnny didn't have a puppy, he'd never find himself back home. That is he so true. If my dog wasn't waiting. I would just be constantly working. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's really what it is. I mean, I, I don't do a lot of other things. Uh, uh, if I'm doing something else, it's because I really want to do, to do it. I really, it means a lot to me. And so I, and I make those things happen. Like if friends have shows or if friends have parties or if friends have events that are important, I'll, I'll get there and, and, and all, and I'll do that. But if it's just a night, a quiet night after work, um, I'm not, sitting there in front of the TV or, or relaxing or reading a book or something, I'm working. And that's, that's sort of what it takes uh, to get it all done. Cause if it, if I don't do it, no one else does. So. I forgot where you're based out of. Where are you based out of? Uh, New York city. Okay. Where all the talent lives. I'm so mad. Exactly. There's a lot of talent everywhere is what I've discovered. Though. I, uh, I mean, one of the things I've really learned uh, since doing Psychic Power Hour, which I started during the pandemic, which was uh, which is our um, um, sort of live stream talk show kind of thing, uh, right. is there are some amazing people all over the world and all over this country that don't live in major cities. Um, yep. And I think that the internet has really made it possible for people to make shows uh, and make uh, songs and music um, that don't live in major hubs. And that's really been such a revolutionary thing for finding more diverse voices out there. Exactly. As much as I like to play the bitter old queen, uh, there's so much truth to that because I was in LA and I find that I get way more done now that I'm in Washington state than I could have ever gotten done in LA. And, you know, I love L.A. It's great. But, yeah, so there is definitely a collaborative spirit with artists other than the major cities. And I think that's that's really great. But I will still be bitter. So, you know. But there's something to say, too, about about places that aren't the major cities, about finding um, affordable ways to do things, because. A lot of them are a lot of times like if, if I go to a, a store and I say, I'd like to rent the store to film a scene in today in New York, they'll be like, great, it's five thousand dollars for the day. And I'm like, 
Oh my god. Okay, can't no. Um, but <laughs> if if you're from a small town, they're sometimes they're just like, yay, just put my name in it, or I just want to be in it, and then you can. Really, and and yes. it, it, it's so different. I, I did. A, I was uh, I ca- I was casting a short film over uh, right before Christmas, and uh, it was a very small town out at uh, the very end of Long Island, like almost the ocean, basic. Well, uh, almost the edge <laughs> of Long Island. Uh, it was it was a long trip out there, um, and apparently we got these beautiful places to to film in, and. They were just thrilled to have somebody filming in them. And that's all that they wanted was to to have their nice. names in it and just have that that opportunity. And that that's that's fantastic. Uh, not, yeah. not, I, I mean, people like that. People are like that in the big cities too. But it's not the same. It's not. Yeah, and it's few and far between, honestly. Yeah. Now talk about those challenges. I mean, we're, you're in one of the most expensive cities in the world. Um, so obviously, I would think. Money has got to be a pain point. You said you have a lot of creative talent around, but people are so busy. I remember people are doing auditions and this and that and trying to get to schedule anyone could be a nightmare. What are your challenges in getting all this put together? Um, well, scheduling for sure. Um, skeleton crew, uh, a season of skeleton crew is usually like nine months of commitment. So uh, I try to have a schedule for everyone for the full nine months, which is an in- massive undertaking to get everyone's conflicts for nine months uh, and and be like, oh, okay, this person fits here. How do I do that? Um, it's it's a lot. Uh, so scheduling is, is a massive conflict. Um, the other thing is, uh, I mean, probably just the cost of spaces. Filming locations is the most uh, challenging thing i think to do because it can cost so much money to film in new york uh and you want to do it right but you also need to do it in a way that you can afford it so it's really it's really a complicated thing there and it's the never i bet it's the never ending because you do so many projects you've been working on things for so long it's the ever evolving you know same problem different answers you know what I mean? It is. It really is. It's, 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 I go into every new project thinking, okay, this is, I know what the problems are going to be and they are, and, and, and they're the same things. And it's, it's, it's uh, the, the, the solutions that worked for previous ones don't end up working for the ones that I'm working on. And it's just, okay, I'll try something different this time. So as we begin to wind down a bit, I do kind of wonder, what would you say to artists around, cause you know, who watch your stuff or maybe they're just discovering you here. What do you say to them if they're feeling discouraged? Um, I know that feeling, uh, but uh, the only person who is going to get your show done or your work done or your piece done is you. And yeah. you can't let anything stop you uh, because there's no, there's no point in not having your voice put out there uh, because your voice should be heard. And it's easy to say, I can't do this. And that's why so many people don't do this because they tell themselves they can't, but you should tell yourself you can and then see what happens. Yeah. I love that. Well said. 
And what can you share with us before we start wrapping things up here about your two new projects? We have Brooklyn Butcher and, of course, Taste of Youth, which I've tasted a share of youth of my day. But, uh, talk about uh, what do we have going on here, John? So I decided to venture into feature films because that was our uh, that was an area we hadn't gone into yet. So uh, we uh, in 2022, we filmed A Taste of Youth, which is our very, very first feature film it's a queer fat positive sex positive horror film and uh it's co-directed by me and nakia and co-stars me and mark eugene garcia who plays mark a uh, detective mark and, and a demon doctor so uh we have a lot of great chemistry uh it's gonna be really great um it's it's a it's a it's a horror film about uh Basically, someone has turned 46. Um, uh, Mateo, um, who Mark's character, has turned 46. And he's frustrated, right he's frustrated by the fact that he is closer to 50 than 40 and uh, <laughs> thinks that there's no point anymore in anything. Uh, and he'll do whatever it takes to be young again. And sometimes that is uh, the unfortunate uh, result of uh, when uh, all the worst horror things happen then. So... Um, that is or all the best horror things you know true. it just depends true <laughs> true um it'll be our first thing with uh some nudity which is very rare uh for us uh we do sexy things but we don't all usually do nudity um right. and again it's not like a blatant nudity but there's nudity in it which is i think uh uh, something that might entice some of the viewers. I don't know. Um, it's also, a, I think what's really special about it is it is uh, a show, a, a film that has a main character who's asexual. And there are not a lot of asexual characters out there to begin with, um, let alone in horror and uh, certainly not as a main character. So I think that that's something that I'm really excited for people to see with that. And then... I, again, I don't stop. So uh, I thought, well, we're in post-production on A Taste of Youth and a feature film. Let's make another feature film while we're waiting. Uh, and so I did. I mean. Butcher. Because um, why not? What are you going to do? <laughs> so we made The Brooklyn Butcher. Uh, the Brooklyn Butcher is a story about uh, a Brooklyn apartment building uh, uh, in terror uh, as a serial killer haunts the city. And it tells the story of nine separate apartment buildings, uh, apartments in the building, uh, where uh, each experiences their own definition of horror as the police investigate a murder inside the building. It's an anthology film where every story is self-contained, but also adds up together to a larger narrative. And wow. I'm really excited for that. So, you know, also I if you're gonna film, what was that TV film? show like Park Six Six Six, Park Avenue Six Six Six, or something? Uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that kind of like, oh, I love those kind of shows. That's so, amazing. as we first two things. First, I want to say, tell people where the YouTube channel is, and then where your socials are located. Sure, uh, you can find us on YouTube at YouTube.com/sidekickproductions. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at sidekickproductions on Twitter at SidekickProd, uh, or on TikTok at SidekickProductions. Or if you really like us and you want to help us out, you can go to patreon.com slash SidekickProductions. And uh, for $3 a month, you get to get all of our background content uh, and all. Uh, you get to see all episodes of shows before anyone else does. Um, and if you, uh, we also have a private Discord that you can join as well. So Nice. First of all, today was the first day that I realized you had a Patreon. So everybody I'm really, go out. really bad at promoting it. I need to promote it much better. 
Well, everybody go, because we say uh, we say all the time that it's important to uh, support our indie artists, but I'm excited because now I can go go look at that. Also, first of all, thank you so much. With you being as busy as you are, you probably have another film to film. So thank you for taking time. And I want to entice people. So I became obsessed with Demon Doctor watching the whole first season. And people, I'm just going to give you a little thing that happens. Uh, uh, some character might lose his penis. It might, you know, be in a Tupperware. And so if you want to know why that is, you should probably watch the show. That's all I'm saying. And it's really funny because I was watching Lisa Frankenstein this weekend uh, in, the, in the movies. I want to oh, see that. that. I, I don't, don't want to spoil anything, but there's a very similar scene that is from Demon Doctor. And I'm like, it's weird that this scene exists in one show, but now it's really weird that it exists in two. Uh, so. right. <laughs> I got a screener for that, and I but... saw the preview, but I haven't had a chance to watch it I'm yet. I'm dying. So, oh, it's a fun little campy film. It's really, really cute. Um, it's really, really cute. So I cannot wait. Well, Joshua R. Pangborn, it's been absolutely a pleasure to have you on us bears of a certain age with us. Yeah. You got to share as you keep up producing these amazing projects. Come back and let us know what's on there. And one of these days, Johnny and I will make it to New York, and we'd love to be a featured performer. We can make that I, I'm very, very good at slipping people into the background and into main and getting them in lines and everything. So come, come on over, I'm, and then we'll do I'm it. I'm also good at work cheap. If I could have a real New York bagel, I'm yours for the day. We're good. That's bagel, so good. perfect. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Don't stop creating. I absolutely, absolutely love it. So we will, uh, we will proselytize all over the world for you because oh, the work you. you're doing is important and fun. So two good things together. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really, really am so grateful that you have had me here. I mean, I, I can't. I mean, I tell this all the time to the people on uh, on our Discord. I, I, I make the things, but it, it takes people. It takes it takes people to help me get the word out. And I'm so grateful that you have chosen to put me on here and, and talk about it with you all. So, well, we love it. So everybody, see, he said it. Watch our show too. That's all we're saying. Exactly. There you go. But All right, you, well, stay on the line for us, Joshua. Guys, we appreciate you tuning in every Monday in our season two of Bears of a Certain Age. Again, we do have our Ask the Bears and Bear Hugs. That'll be coming probably next week. Be sure to drop us an email. Talk to us on social media, podcastbears at gmail.com. We hope you guys have a great rest of the week. Johnny, I'll see you next week, my friend. I'll be here. Thank you, Joshua. Bye. Bears got the best of me, said bears on my fantasy, said bears, they know what I like, we do it all night, all right, bears don't discriminate.